our reading, which is Matthew 21, 1 to 11, and that should appear on the screen. And it's the triumphal entry into Jerusalem. When they had come near Jerusalem and had reached Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, just say this, the Lord needs them, and he will send them immediately. This took place to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet, saying, tell the daughter of Zion, look, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put their cloaks on them, and he sat on them. A very large crowd spread out their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and that followed were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was in turmoil, asking, who is this? The crowds were saying, this is the prophet, Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. Today's reading, second reading is from Psalm 24. The earth is the Lord's and all that is in it, the world and those who live in it. For he has founded it on the seas and established it on the rivers. Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord? And who shall stand in his holy place? Those who have clean hands and pure hearts, who do not lift up their souls to what is false, and do not swear deceitfully, they will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from the God of their salvation. Such is the company of those who seek him, who seek the face of the God of Jacob. Lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Here in Sereedi. Amen. It's so great to be with you this morning. My name is Reese. I teach at Ridley College, so I was once upon a time Randall's lecturer. I've been teaching at Ridley for the last 20 years, and before that I was an Anglican minister at uh, St John's Church in Heidelberg and at St Jude's Church in Carlton. Uh, it's my great delight to preach in parishes around Melbourne when I'm invited. Uh, it's wonderful to have this privilege of speaking today about the Lord's uh, triumphal entry into Jerusalem. Uh, I teach lectures, that is, I give lectures in church history, that's my, my, my main gig. But my heart beats 
to train up leaders for the church. That's My lectures is the front. What I'm really doing behind the lectures is trying to train people for leaders amongst God's people. So that's my, my passion in ministry. And if you've considered coming to Ridley College to study, please chat to me afterwards. There's any number of range of courses we teach, units we teach uh, for beginners and uh, old in the tooth. Uh, for everyone, you're welcome. The way people arrive says something about their heart. The way people arrive says something about their priorities. The way people arrive says a lot about who they are. Some years ago, I was living in Germany in a city called Cologne, one of the richest Roman Catholic cities in the world, actually. And on this particular day, Pope John Paul II was arriving. It was overcast, a little bit of rain and quite gloomy. And he was going to land his helicopter on the place, the big square outside the cathedral. The fifth largest church in the world. It was a very weird day. Every church was ringing its bells in Cologne, some I think probably 600 churches or something. So the whole city sounded church bells in anticipation. But there were also lots of protests going on. Protests by those who'd been abused by Roman Catholic clergy. There was a significant protest by witches who were protesting the way they'd been treated 600 years ago in the medieval world. It, the atmosphere was full of anticipation and anger. And so the Pope arrived in his helicopter to lead the service. We certainly had his attention. A grand entrance. In the First World War, uh, the British Empire had conquered Palestine. And Field Marshal Allenby, in 1917, arrives in Jerusalem to claim this new territory that the empire had won. But he knew that Jesus came into Jerusalem riding on a donkey. So he decides as he arrives in Jerusalem, to get out of his car and to walk into the city, paying his respects to Lord Jesus. In one sense, quite a noble gesture. But when he arrives in the city, despite the so-called humble arrival, he made a speech and said, the wars of the Crusaders and now complete. The Christians were there to chuck out the Arabs, the Muslims, and he was representing the last crusade. Perhaps a less humble approach. Well, today we begin Holy Week. Today is Palm Sunday, 
a week before we celebrate Jesus' resurrection. And in this week, we traditionally track with the various events that Jesus experienced in that last week before he died and before he rose again. But we're doing more this week than just tracking the historical events of Jesus' life. We celebrate this week in churches to help us learn what it means to follow Christ. You've got to know what he experienced if you're going to follow him, right? This week is a week when we think about what is it like to live as a Christian? What's it like to follow him? What's it like to be obedient to Jesus Christ? What's it like to have faith in his promises? This holy week, we're learning about what it means to follow. And on this Palm Sunday, some important lessons are we can learn. Jesus arrives in Jerusalem. We've heard that from the reading, Matthew 21, verse 1. When they'd come near Jerusalem and had reached Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples saying, Go into the village ahead of you and immediately you'll find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, just say this, The Lord needs them. And he will send them immediately. Jesus had been walking from Nazareth, from Galilee. But the last kilometre, he does not walk. He wants to find a donkey, not a horse, a donkey, a beast of burden. Actually, not just a donkey, he wants to sit on the colt of the donkey the colt that hadn't been broken in. At least the donkey was worth something because it was a beast of burden, but the colt, who hasn't yet been broken in, is worth almost nothing. Jesus says, I want to enter Jerusalem on the animal that means least, it's of least value, on the colt of the donkey, the beast of burden. It's a really deliberate plan. Perhaps on a previous visit to Jerusalem, Jesus had arranged with some local folk and told them that there was a day coming when a messenger would ask for a donkey and a colt and perhaps the secret word was, the Lord needs them as a sign that they should release their, their property so willingly. Jesus has come to Jerusalem knowing that he'll face opposition. If we read back a few chapters in Matthew's Gospel, Matthew chapter 12, we'd read these words. The Pharisees went out 
and conspired against him how to destroy him. Or from Matthew 20, just a few verses before today's reading, Jesus was going up to Jerusalem. He took the 12 disciples aside by themselves and said to them, We're going up to Jerusalem. The Son of Man will be handed over to the chief priests and the scribes. They will condemn him to death. Then they will hand him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified. And on the third day he will be raised. He knows that awaiting him in Jerusalem is opposition. Opposition that's going to become so serious that he's going to be put to death. He knows that. So he gets on the unbroken cult and enters the city. And in verse 4 we read, This took place to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet, the prophet Zechariah. Tell the daughter of Zion, your Lord is coming to you, humble, mounted on a donkey, even on a colt, the foal of a donkey. He is the king, not on a war horse. He is the king deliberately choosing the least valuable transportation available to him. A cold. Not even used to people sitting on its back. The psalm, Psalm 24, that has just been read for us, describes the gates of the city being raised so the king would enter. But that's not the kind of moment we read here in Matthew chapter 21. Jesus is coming not on a war horse. He's coming with a message of peace. No fight. Not from him anyway. But do the people of Jerusalem understand do they understand that the king of glory is in their midst who comes with a message of peace well it seems they do we read on from verse 6 The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and they put their cloaks on them and he sat on them. The people are generously giving their cloaks and kind of making a saddle, respecting him that he wouldn't sit merely on the the colt's back. But more than that, a very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road. And others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. They're cutting down palm branches, laying them out as if this were the red carpet. When we watch TV shows, the Oscars, the Logies, the red carpet's there 
show so that people can promote themselves. So you get you're wearing your gown or you're wearing your you know your fine finest suit. Everyone's photographing you. The red carpet is so that you can big note yourself, right? At least the crowds got this right. They weren't trying to promote themselves. They were laying out a red carpet because they kind of knew Jesus was special. And they sang scripture. Verse 9. The crowds that went ahead of him and that were following, so in the front and behind, were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. They're using a psalm that Jews would have recited for the Passover. Psalm 118. They're using scripture to praise God. It's a military psalm which speaks of the son of David who's come into Jerusalem to claim his possession. It's a psalm of victory. They seem to get things right, honouring him with their cloaks and their palms, using scripture to praise his name. But have they really got it right? For we read in verse 10, when he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was in turmoil, asking, who is this? The crowds were saying, this is the prophet, Jesus, from Nazareth in Galilee. Have they really understood Okay, they've been sacrificing their cloaks. They've been singing his praise. But still, but still, they might just be thinking he's a military guy come to defeat the Romans. Perhaps they think he's just a mighty teacher, a prophet. Do they really know? That he's a son of God? A few days later, Jesus would be crucified. And in Matthew 27, we read these words. When the centurion and those with him, who were keeping watch over Jesus on the cross saw the earthquake and what took place, they were terrified and said, truly this man was the son of God. Isn't that amazing? The crowds and the disciples named him as the son of David or the prophet, but they didn't name him as the son of God. They still were confused. It took a Roman soldier who saw Jesus die on the cross for the lights to go on and say, I think I get it. He's the son of God. The crowd, the disciples understood so far, but they were still missing 
something essential. They were prepared to sacrifice for him. They were prepared to sing to him. But were they prepared to submit to him as the King of Kings, as the Lord of Lords, as the one who came to them as a suffering servant, as the one who came to them to bring peace, not just throwing off the Romans, not just explaining the scriptures. Jesus enters Jerusalem and there's still a whole lot that people need to learn. Christians call this Holy Week, the week where we remember the events of Jesus last week, often called the Passion. I want to suggest, though, that this is Holy Week, yes, Perhaps it's better described as Humility Week. Where Jesus submits himself to the Lord's will and dies on the cross for deep transformation, to give me peace, to bring forgiveness and the hope of heaven. We need to learn that kind of humility. Some years ago, I heard Bear Grylls speak. Uh, some of you might know Bear Grylls, or you might have seen the TV shows, his adventures, uh, getting free from jungles and killing deer and living in kind of camel carcasses to protect himself from the element. He's now the president of of the Worldwide Scouts movement. He was at Jeff Shedd down at the Exhibition Centre and there were about 3,000 people in the room, mainly men, 3,000 men in the room. And he was telling his stories of his work with the SAS and his great adventures in jungles and outbacks and wilderness areas. He was the great hero. You could see the crowds were lapping up everything he had to say. But then he began to speak about his marriage and how some years earlier his marriage had been under great stress. The room, which had been kind of cheering him effectively, fell quiet because this wasn't a side of Bear, Bear Grylls they were expecting. He, he described how a friend had told him that he should go and do a marriage course at a church in London called Holy Trinity Brompton, the church that has uh, produced the Alpha material that I think your church uses as well. He went to this course and discovered the Lord Jesus. He and his wife both became Christian and their marriage, though not easily, was repaired. It grew healthier. At that moment at Jeff Shedd, we weren't celebrating Bear Grylls' heroic adventures. We were celebrating his deep humility. This man who is extraordinary, 
had met the Lord Jesus, recognising his weakness and the needs of his marriage, and had repented and placed his trust, not in a military conqueror, not in a mighty teacher, but had placed his trust in the suffering servant, the one who died for him, the one who took his place, the one who changed him on the inside, the one who taught him humility. Friends, I want you to learn humility this week. Just as the Lord Jesus exemplifies humility and just as the Lord Jesus died that we might become humble. So that's one of the big lessons for us in this Holy Week, this Humility Week. Saying sorry where you can. Giving up on getting your own way. Holding others in high regard. And doing the right thing even when no one notices. This is the lesson of Palm Sunday. Tell the daughter of Zion, look, your king is coming to you, humble, mounted on a donkey, even on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Hosanna to the son of David, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Friends, may we learn not just to sacrifice ourselves for him or sing songs to him, but submit ourselves to him as King of kings and Lord of lords. For Christ's sake, let me pray. Please, Heavenly Father, uh, do a miracle in our hearts today. Teach us to be humble, not just like the Lord Jesus, but because of the Lord Jesus, who died to make a way that we might know peace with God. I pray for this parish and ask that the people of St Barnabas would know how to speak of and represent Christ in the world. That in a world full of red carpets and self-promotion, those around us would see something different in our lives. Please, Lord Jesus, bless and prosper the staff and the lay leadership of this parish, that Christ might be known and submitted to and worshipped and adored. It's in his name we pray. Amen.